Oh, cowboy moved from Wyoming to Texas. And he went to the local bar and he ordered three beers. And he went to the back table and he sat down and he drank them, drinking one sip out of each beer in a row. Bartender thought, well, that's kind of odd. So he said, I don't mean to interrupt. He said, but you know, a beer goes flat the minute I draw it. You know, it would be fresher and taste better if you just drank one beer at a time. He said, well, he said, you see, I've got two brothers. One's an Airborne Ranger and one's a Navy SEAL, and they're both deployed right now, and I moved from home, and we all said that this is how we would drink to, to remind ourselves of our, our drinking patterns, to drink with each other. This is us reminding ourselves of each other during this time, and our friend thought, man, that's, that's, that's pretty neat. Okay, that, that's fine. So, you know, that continued to happen, and the cowboy became a regular. Everybody came to know him, and then one day he walked in and he ordered two beers. And he sat down. And, you know, the whole place got quiet. Because, well, you know, two beers meant something was going on. The bartender walked up and he said, You know, I do not want to intrude on your grief. He said, but I, I'm sorry for your loss. And what kind of wrinkled his nose for a minute thinking. And, Suddenly the light dawned on his eyes and he smiled and he said, Oh, no, no, no. He said, My brothers are okay. They're just fine. But me and my wife, we joined the Baptist church, so I don't drink anymore. <laughs> In our world, we make assumptions. We, we do and say things and, and just assume things are going to happen in a certain way. And a lot of the time, our assumptions are about our opinions. We have these opinions and in this godly economy that Jesus has set up in uh, the Gospels. And the question that always has to be answered whenever we look at opinions within the greater context of the world is what opinion or whose opinion is most important? And that's really the question we seek to answer this morning as we turn to a very uh, familiar parable to most of us. I've talked about it several times. We've just never actually had a sermon on it. So we're turning there this morning to the book of Luke and the 18th chapter. Uh, and we're going to ask the, the, the question, whose opinion is most important? He tells this parable uh, in the midst of Luke 18 uh, that starts in verse 9. And it says, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Two men went up to the temple complex to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee took his stand and was praying like this. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that as we look at your word, Father, that you'd use me as a vessel with the words that I speak to yours and yours alone. Father, take the assumptions out of our heart this morning and allow us to hear from you clearly. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we ask these things 
name of your Son, Jesus, and for His sake, and all God's people say. You know, the first thing we have to notice here is that who Jesus is talking to is important. Because Jesus might be talking to you. <laughs> we, we don't like to start the parable that way, do we? That's not the way we want to start this parable. But he says what? He told this parable to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. You know, some people might have thought my joke a while ago was off color, but I thought that was a perfect joke to go along with this sermon. Because that's kind of how people have viewed Baptists in history in America, right? That we're the judgmental church that looks down at anybody who does anything that we don't like. And so here Jesus clearly says, He's telling this to people who trusted in themselves that they had righteousness. If you think that my church has got it but the other church doesn't, He might be talking to you. If you think, well, they drink and I don't drink, so I got it, He might be talking to you. If you think, well, I work for all my money and they get help from somewhere, He might be talking to you. If you think, well, I'm fit, but they're fat, He might be talking to you. If you think, hey, I've been not been in prison and they have, He might be talking to you. If you say, hey, you know, they've been divorced, but I haven't, well, they may be talking to you. If you say, well, they're an addict and I'm not, He might be. If you say, well, their kids misbehave, and I know you're a liar. But anyway, <laughs> any reason, for any other reason, if we look down on someone else, this parable is for us. Jesus is talking to us. But now let's right between the eyes if we come with anybody and say, well, I am better than you for this reason. It doesn't say that Jesus told this parable to the Pharisees because they were there. He was there to talk to them. They were, they were a part of this crowd. But he's very careful here, Luke, is not to say, well, Jesus told it to the Pharisees. Or Jesus told it to the Jews. Because he could have said those things. He says that in other places. That's not what he says. Jesus told this parable to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Guess who that included? That included the disciples. Who would look down on other people because they were with Jesus. They had it right. And somebody else was missing the point. And here we see the same thing. We try to over-spiritualize it. Well, I, I know the truth. So no, it's really simple. If we look down on anyone, I mean, let's just make this really simple. Jesus is talking to you. There's no if. He is. Because he tells the parable. And this Pharisee, we all look at him and we grumble around. I can't believe he'd be that way. Woo. Jesus, God, I'm glad I am not like the other people. Woo. They're greedy. They're adulterers. They're idolaters. They're drunkards. I'm not mad at them. This is the short version. All these things, I am better than they are because I'm doing what you call me to do. I'm glad I'm not like them. You know, the truth is, your opinion of yourself isn't what matters. The Pharisee thought he had it, right? I had it. I follow the law. I do all the things in the law. I get everything right. I check the boxes off. I bring my Bible to church. I give my tithe. I do everything I'm supposed to do. I don't, I don't drink. I don't cuss. I don't chew. I don't go with girls and do. All the things I do right. I'm good. But Jesus says here, your opinion of yourself isn't what matters. 
It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. It doesn't matter what you're going to eat. I'm not like other people. Well, you can believe you're a good person, but that doesn't make you a good person. It doesn't make you righteous. I can believe I'm a car, but sitting in the garage all day long doesn't make me a car. It makes me hot and sweaty right now. We can't just think that our opinion is the one that matters. Just because I think I've got it right doesn't mean I have it right. And that's the problem with most people today in church. That's a hard, that's a hard thing for me to make, but I'm going to make it anyway. Because we come to church thinking we have it together. But we don't. We're a mess. And if we don't think we are, there's something going wrong there because our opinion isn't really what matters. Because when we walk in and we think, yep, I got it right. We're already failing. We've already missed it. The other thing he says here is, is comparing your relationship or standing with God to someone else's doesn't matter. I'm, thank God I'm not this tax collector. <laughs> Do you realize that we only compare ourselves to someone who's worse off than we are? You know, I, you know, we would never stand here and say, I am so much better than Mother Teresa. <laughs> we wouldn't. I am so, we don't do that. We always find that person that's it's a little bit worse. Not to be a lot worse, just a little bit worse. Just, just a little bit. Well, there's always people worse than me. There are always people worse than us. But comparing our relationship or standing with God to someone else's really doesn't matter. It's not, it's not, it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter that you don't do the things you're not supposed to do and you do the things you're supposed to do. It doesn't matter. That's, that's not really what's going to happen. I'm not going to get to heaven and stand in front of God. He's, he's not going to pull us up in, in front of the class in pairs and compare us. He's not going to say, okay, now, Troy preached but Barry sang. But Barry prayed more than Troy did. He's not going to do that. He's not going to go up there and start tearing us apart and saying, okay, well, they did a better job. He gives us a job to do, and he expects us to do it. And comparing my relationship or standing with God to someone else's isn't going to matter. It doesn't do you any good. It may make you think you feel better, but where are you getting with that? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter where you are. It matters where you are with Jesus. It matters what your life is looking like there. Because in the end, your acts don't make you righteous. Your acts don't make you righteous. I can do everything that I'm supposed to do and never have a relationship with Jesus. I've, I've been struggling this week. Uh, with people dying because we live in a society that says our default destination is heaven. But it's not. And so I watch as celebrities die and people talk about what heaven has gained. But I'm still in a state of grief because I don't know that heaven has gained anything. Because I don't know where they stood. The problem is, people have this thought that if I, as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, as long as my works are good, I'm going to get there. As long as my works 
are good, I'm going to be righteous enough that, that God's going to say, it's okay. That's what the Pharisees said, right? Well, I fast and I tithe 10%. Somehow we've gotten lost on this idea that there is the scale when we get to heaven. <laughs> my good works go over here. My bad works go over here. And as long as it tips this way, I'm good. Because that's what society seems to think. <coughs> they did more good things than bad. Because we, we do that whole judgment thing. We talked about last week. We do that judgment thing. We, we, we automatically assume that Adolf Hitler is in hell because of the things that he did. I don't know where it's at. I don't know that if in his last minutes he didn't cry out to Jesus and, and become... I don't know. I can't make that call. But we make that assumption. Because why? Because his good does not outweigh his bad, in our opinion. But other people, we watch and we see people die and we go, well, they were a good person. Surely God has, has, has welcomed them in. I don't know. That's why it's so important for us to tell people about Jesus. Because our acts don't make us righteous. Our acts don't get us there. Our acts don't make us the person who we're supposed to be. Our acts are simply something that comes after what Jesus has done for us. Because what happens is, this Pharisee says, Man, I fast twice a week. And I get a tenth of everything. Do you realize how empty that statement is? What's the first, what's the first meal of the day called? Breakfast. Literally break fast. That's why it's called breakfast. Because every one of us in here fasts seven times a week, even though we don't mean to. Because we go to sleep at some point and wake up and we eat breakfast. <laughs> I fast two times a week. Does that mean you don't sleep the other five days? I don't know. There's not a whole bunch in there. He's trying to make his acts be something more than he is. Our acts don't make us righteous. So what's different about this tax collector? The tax collector sees himself as God sees him. He sees himself as God sees him. I'm a sinner. I'm messed up. I miss the mark. No matter how hard I try, I can't get there. And the tax collector is literally saying, yep, everything he has said, God, about me is true. I'm greedy. I'm an adulterer. I'm a blasphemer. I'm all of these things. But God, please turn your around. He is grieved by his own sin. He is grieved about what's going on. The, the, the difference isn't about the level of sin. The difference is about whose opinion matters. At the sacrifice, the Pharisee can simply watch. The tax collector says, I understand now why the lamb's throat must be cut. I understand now why the blood must be shed. I understand now why this has to take place. Because I failed. Because I missed the mark. Because I'm sinful. And I can never do it. I can never do it. He won't even look to heaven. He won't even look up. It literally says he won't look up to heaven and he continues to beat his chest. Because he is so grieved by what's going on. This is the definition of humility. See humanity, especially myself, the way that God sees it. 
and living my life according to that sight. That's you. Seeing, my, seeing humanity, including myself, the way that God sees it, and living my life according to that sight. I can't do it. I can't make it. I've messed up. I continue to mess up. Paul over in Romans where he says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, because there's this struggle within me that I can't seem to overcome, but praise be to God that there's an answer in Jesus. That's where he goes with it. You know, there's a surprise ending here, an ending that the disciples really never expected at this point, I don't think. The Pharisees sure didn't expect it. Because he said, guess what? Um, this one, he went away he went away satisfied. He went away justified. He went away sanctified. Because he didn't exalt himself. Because he didn't trust in his works. He didn't trust in himself. The preacher went home. Still in his sin. The tax collector went home free from his sin. Your title doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the janitor or the pastor. Your title doesn't matter. The things that you do don't matter. They don't make you righteous. They don't, they don't set you up to be the, the next person. We find righteousness only in Jesus. And at that, it can only be found when we see ourselves as God does. Here's a hint. Those who are truly righteous in this world don't think they're righteous. I remember a man a few years back who he, uh, he would not be a deacon because he felt like he wasn't worthy to be a deacon. Yet he was probably the best deacon I ever served alongside ever in my life. He served. He did what a deaconess is supposed to do. He wouldn't take the title. Because he didn't see himself as worthy. <laughs> but he did all the things that a deacon would do. He was there. He put in the work. He put in the time. He put in the prayer. He did all the things he was supposed to do. He said, okay, I cannot be righteous on my own. We have to remember that each and every day. When we get up, if we are righteous, if we are righteous, the only way we are righteous is through Jesus. It's the only way. All of, my, all of my good works, all of my righteousness, the Bible says, is what it's filthy rats. Everything that I try to do to make myself worthy doesn't make me worthy. I simply am doing works. I can't 
can't work my way into heaven. I can't work my way to be righteous. I, I can't be that. The only way to find righteousness is to see myself as the tax collector did and realize that I can't get there on my own. Can't do it. I can try. But I'm always going to fail because righteousness only comes from Jesus. And I've said it before, but my absolute favorite part of this message is how many of us started when I read this by thinking, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee. Boy, God, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee judging everybody else. <laughs> I think Luke wrote it that way on purpose. Jesus said that on purpose, right? Because that's how we want to react. I'm not that person. Unfortunately, we usually are. <laughs> Maybe this morning you have been You've been struggling with the world around you. It is hard in this world, in our current culture, not to be like the Pharisee. Because I look at these things going on. I look at these people out there and the things they're doing. And I want to say, man, I'm not doing that. But the minute I say it, I think about this passage. Because this, this, this is what the world is. And it is in a spot where, I don't know how many times I've had this conversation in the past two weeks. The world is unlike anything we've ever seen. I, I don't know. I have been, I've only been here 46 years. So I have a feeling they were saying the same thing 2,000 years ago. But people are doing things and living in ways that we could never imagine before. And it's so hard for us not to look at that way in them and say, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. But to do that is to commit the sin of the Pharisee. And that means that we walk away not justified. Maybe this morning you have some need. You want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to share the missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never made that step to say, I want to know Jesus. I want to be His. If that's, if that's you, walk the aisle and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus. And we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you. We praise you for your blessings.